Hello and welcome to a more perfect podcast. As you might have heard, a pretty significant thing happened yesterday. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, will to the best of my ability preserve protect and defend preserve protect and defend the constitution of the united states the constitution of the united states so help you god so help me god congratulations mr Thank president you. yeah that's right joe biden is the 46th president of the united states of america with him he brings kamala harris the 49th vice president of the United States of America. Even though I may not agree with their policies or their politics or their cultural positions, I do have to say that I am hopeful that this administration will continue the prosperity we had under Donald Trump's administration. And I really hope that the best interests of America come to bear within their administration as well. I also think it's pretty cool that we have a woman now in the position of vice president, which is a significantly powerful position. It's the second highest office in the land, which is incredible. We've never had a woman there before, and there's a lot of countries, (coughs) Iran, that wouldn't even allow this to happen. So that's just an amazing testimony to how far America has come, and America being the greatest nation on earth, even though this administration may not think it is. We'll get into all that later. For now, though, I want to talk about something that is very important, and that is consistency. Whereas you don't find many consistent commentators nowadays, you don't find a lot of consistency in the media. I mean, just look at how they cover Joe Biden versus how they're covering Donald Trump. I mean, it's already apparent They're just going to continue to praise and praise and praise everything that Joe Biden does in the name of equity and equality and whatever sweet language they want to use. Whereas when the next Republican gets in there, they're just going to trash him and call him a racist again. So that's not very consistent, is it? No, it's not. It's almost like they're partisan hacks. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do have my partisanship myself. However, I do hold everyone to a consistent standard. And that means that I'm going to care more about what Biden does versus what Biden says. I think that, again, is the most important thing when you look at politics. I did it with Trump. I said, I care about Trump's policies. I don't care about Trump's rhetoric. And I'm going to say the same thing about Biden. I care about Biden's policies. I don't care about Biden's rhetoric. If that rhetoric can relate to a policy, then I care about it. If the rhetoric is just bumble, you know... It's not very important in the effect of this administration. I think the first step to having productive political discourse is holding everybody to a consistent standard, whether you like them or whether you don't like them. I believe that consistency is the first step to progress. Keeping that consistent standard in mind, what can we expect this administration to do? I mean, really, like what problems do they face? Well, a lot of problems. You see, we have a problem in America with discourse, as I just alluded to. 
Joe Biden would like to unify the country. Joe Biden would like to bring us all together and unify us under the American flag and the American ideals. Except the unity that Biden seeks is a bit tampered by his own administration. You see, it's a bit tampered because the Biden deputy chief of staff called the Republicans a, quote, bunch of effers. Yeah, that's real unifying language. Man, oh man, I can't wait to see America come together when the half of America that didn't vote for Joe Biden is called a bunch of effers and is just casually thrown in with disgusting groups like the Nazis and the KKK. You're throwing me, a Trump supporter, in with disgusting groups that my grandfather fought against. The Nazis. Are you kidding me? I mean, who am I to question it? Our media betters are even saying it too. The Democratic mouthpieces that they are. Here's Don Lemon on CNN. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. Don't you see? Unity does not mean unity. Unity does not mean acceptance. Unity does not mean tolerance. Unity means submission. Unity means repression. Unity means the death of your freedom. Don't let them take it away from you. The kind of unity that the left speaks of is not the unity that our country was founded on. It's not the unity that we fought the civil war over. It's not the unity that anyone wants to happen. America has never been a unified country. America has always been divided and it should always remain so. What we need is a tolerance of division. What we need is a tolerance, a true unilateral acceptance of those who disagree with us. The unity that Joe Biden speaks of is repression. It is repressive tolerance. It is proclaiming one side light and the other complete darkness. Kevin D. Williamson wrote over at National Review, Joe Biden, giving an inaugural address so forgettable that he himself seemed to have forgotten much of it, emphasized the need for unity. The United States does not suffer from a lack of sufficient unity. The United States thrives on the opposite of unity. Disagreement, debate, competition, rivalry. Totalitarian countries have unity. Democratic republics have disagreement. Keep that in mind whenever you hear somebody in the next four years talking about unity. This, this repressive tolerance is what they really mean. For better or worse, unity is just a word game now. If there's one thing that the Democrat Party is consistent on, it's word games. Unity is not the only word game they're playing here. So Joe Biden, after he was inaugurated, took a lot of executive action once he put his foot in the Oval Office. He signed a whole slew of executive orders, some of which I'll go over here. So for one... All over his executive orders, particularly in the one about racial justice, 
the words equity and equality are mentioned. If unity means submission, then you might be wondering, well, what the heck does equity mean? What the heck does equality mean? And why aren't they the same thing? Well, they aren't the same thing, at least as the left is defining it. So the left defines equality as meaning that citizen A and B are treated equally. They define equity as adjusting shares in order to make citizens A and B equal. According to New Discourses, in that sense, equity is something like a kind of social communism. If we will, the intentional redistribution of shares, but not necessarily along lines of existing economic disparity, but in order to adjust for and correct current and historical injustices, both as exist in reality and have been drawn out by their various theories of grievance studies. This is something I'll get into later, but I just want you guys to understand that equity means the redistribution of shares and the redistribution of resources in order to make equality of outcome. Equality means the equality of treatment. Make no mistake, equality and equity are not the same thing. Do not be fooled. Equity is evil. I can't stress this enough. Equity is more important than Joe Biden. Understanding equity, understanding equality is more important than Kamala Harris. Equity is more important than anything you could possibly understand in politics. Equity is the most important thing I'm saying on this podcast. I am not kidding here. Please, please listen. Equity is evil. Equality is the goal. Equality is what America was founded on. And equity? Equity is what disasters are born from. You know, I often wonder where these word games are going. I often wonder where our country's going with this deception of language and this twisting of words. You may be like, oh, well, Trump twisted words too when he gaslit his supporters and he dog-whistled to the racists. I get that. I, I, I just, I need you to hear me out here. Something is happening. Something very, very evil and something very, very alluring. It is against everything our country was founded on. When you hear equity, it doesn't mean you're going to be treated equally. It means somebody's going to be cut down to make everyone the same height. It means somebody is going to be kicked off of the island to make the populations equal. It means equality of outcome. And equality of outcome can only be achieved with the ending of opportunity and the birth of discrimination for all. Keeping in mind what I just told you, let me read you an excerpt from the executive order that Joe Biden signed on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. Again, at face value, it does sound pretty appealing. I mean, who doesn't want equality of racial groups? You know, if there is a disparity in treatment, then we should want to correct it. Ah, but it's deceptive. Remember what I just told you about equity when I read you this. Equity is discrimination in the pursuit of equality of outcome. Cutting some people down 
so everybody is the same height. The executive order goes as follows. I quote, It is therefore the policy of my administration that the federal government should pursue a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality. All right, let's stop there. So remember how I said from New Discourses that the left defines equity as resolving the disparities created by historical injustices, quote-unquote injustices? Well, this is that. So you can see here that the executive order says historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality. Everybody wants to fix inequality. Everybody wants to fix poverty. That's not what I'm saying here. It's that equity is discrimination. Let's continue. Affirmatively advancing equity, civil rights, racial justice, that's another tricky term, and equal opportunity is the responsibility of the whole, of our government. Because advancing equity requires a systematic approach to embedding fairness in decision-making processes, executive departments and agencies, agencies must recognize and work to redress inequities in their policies and programs that serve as barriers to equal opportunity. By advancing equity across the federal government, we can create opportunities for the improvement of communities that have been historically underserved, which benefits everyone. That's another example of what I was talking about earlier, this equity to fix historical disparities. Okay, it continues. For example, an analysis shows that Closing racial gaps in wages, housing credit and lending opportunities, and access to higher education would amount to an additional $5 trillion in gross domestic product in the American economy over the next five years. The federal government's goal in advancing equity is to provide everyone with the opportunity to reach their full potential. Consistent with these aims, each agency must assess whether and to what extent its programs and policies perpetuate systemic barriers to opportunities and benefits for people of color and other underserved groups. Such assessments will better equip agencies to develop policies and programs that deliver resources and benefits equitably to all. Trust me, heaven will not be on earth at the end of this hell. In addition to all that, there's a few other things that I'd like to hit with this executive order. Number one is that it's really, really deceptive with its definition of equity. It sounds a lot like equality, but it's actually what I just said, which is discrimination. It's just written out like equality, but it's not. And in effect, it's going to tear us apart more than anything ever could. I mean, this is, this is more important than Biden... Understanding equity and its difference versus equality in the minds of these people is the most important thing in America right now. It's more important than politics because this is, in my mind at least, it's primarily a cultural issue. Please, just remember, equity is discrimination in pursuit of the equality of outcome. 
The next thing is that this equity concept is going to be pushed upon the president's proposals to Congress when they make a budget, which is every single fiscal year. And he's going to find opportunities to advance equity to quote-unquote support marginalized communities in the federal budget. So understanding what equity is is going to be really, really important going forward. But you may be wondering, okay, so you're saying equity is discrimination. Well, what are some examples of it being discrimination? Well, I can give you one, and it actually comes from another executive order. The next executive order that I'm about to talk about will make it clear this discrimination, basically in very, very simple terms. So the executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. This is literally a language game. You will have noticed immediately that I said this will make the discrimination clear. And then the executive order is called preventing and combating discrimination. It's not. Let's read, shall we? Section 1. Policy. Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear, no matter who they are or whom they love. That's all right. Children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. What does this mean? Women's sports were just destroyed. Men's sports were just destroyed. You know why? Because you can't discriminate now on the basis of gender, on the basis of this thing they call gender identity or sexual orientation, however you want to say it. This means that if a man wants to join a woman's sport, he can because you can't discriminate. You can't discriminate. That's discrimination. Nope, you can't do it anymore. This is a discrimination I'm talking about. It is called anti-discrimination, but it's really discrimination. It's the obliteration of binary spaces for men and for women. The fact is that there are biological differences between men and between women. A man is bigger, stronger, and in most cases, more physically aggressive than a woman. This is by human nature. If a woman joins a men's sport, or, as is more likely, a man joins a women's sport, then it's going to be an unfair advantage. Anti-discrimination is the new discrimination. Please, understand the concept of equity, because this is all you're going to be hearing about for the next four years. I hope I've made it clear how to make everybody equal, we had to cut some things down. We had to cut the group for men and the group for women, this binary separation of the sexes. We had to get that out of there to make everybody on a level playing field. Equality of outcome means discrimination today. Discrimination means basically chopping it up. They carved out the part that said, Men and women are created differently. No, no, no. They call that evil. And they call it sexist. And they call it, I don't know, 
whatever they want to call it. The point is that they had to destroy that innate quality in order to achieve equity. I hope this makes it clear what equity is. It is not equality. It is evil. In addition to all this, Biden did a few other things that I think I should talk about. So, for one, Biden ended the border wall construction on the southern border. This is pretty sad. I gotta say that the border was my favorite thing about politics. The wall was my favorite thing. And uh, it stopped. So, not exactly something that I didn't see coming. Um, but it certainly is sad to see. The wall was really cool to me. I, I always supported and defended it whenever the issue came up. I actually wrote a couple essays on it. Uh, back in high school. So, yeah. I mean, the wall was one of my favorite issues. I'm certainly sad to see it stop. Not see it go. No. Here's what I think. I don't think Joe Biden can tear it down. But he can definitely stop it. So there is that. Somebody could continue it one day. Hopefully. In addition to that, another thing that I'd like to cover is the things that have been happening with American history and our education. So this is another aspect you could say of the leftist subtext to joe biden's presidency so in literally the last day of trump's presidency he released a report called the 1776 report which i will be examining in detail in a future episode i promise it's very good i read it and you really need to read it don't listen to what nbc or cbs or cnn are saying about it because they're wrong. I promise you they're wrong. Read it for yourself and you'll be surprised. I think you'll like it. It presents a vision of America that is good. That America has not always been a great nation and at certain times it's been very bad. But throughout all that adversity, we have risen to a greater good and we have realized our ideals and continue to realize them to this day. That vision of America rising to meet its ideals and continually rising to this day is opposed to the vision of America as a systemically racist nation. Let's just say that one vision says America is good a place. Another vision says America is a bad place. I'll keep it at that. So it was obviously very, very disturbing to me that he rescinded this report. Not a, Again, not a lot of people are going to notice this. It's not going to make the news. But... It's the little things that do the most evil. The administration of Joe Biden and of Kamala Harris will surely be one of the most well-reported, approved, and celebrated administrations in recent American history. A newly invigorated media will cheer as their preferred ideology takes root in the heart of the American government. Their preferred political party takes root in American government. It's become very clear over the past four years how biased the media is. If we wish to truly take back America, and if we wish to truly rid our land of the scourge of these twisted views of our nation, then we must stand up to it. We must not play by the rules of the left, but we must make our own game with our own rules. If we play on their terms, we will always lose. But if you stand up and you say no, and you get involved with your local government, you get involved with your school board, you get involved 
with anything you can, then we can stop this in its tracks. But if you don't, if you just roll over because Trump's gone and, you know, Orange Man can't save you anymore, then I'm afraid that it's going to be a lot worse than if you would stand up. I guess I'm here to tell you that things are just going to get a lot more tough from here on out. But I'm also here to tell you to not give up. Don't give up in the face of the things that this administration's about to do. The reality is that I doubt we'll see them in our day-to-day -day lives, except in gas prices and except in electricity bills and the financial strain that this administration's policies are about to put on our wallets. But again, I could be wrong. The reality is that this nation is not Joe Biden's nation. It's not Kamala Harris's nation. It's not even the Democrats' nation or the Republicans' nation. As the old song goes, this land was made for you and me. This land was made for you and me. For us to pursue our individual goals and for those ends to meet the collective good of one nation under God. Through pursuit of our own lives, we can ensure the blessings of liberty to our prosperity. So live your life. Don't despair in the face of all this crap. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. So if you'd like to, resist it. Start your own podcast. Do something in your local government, in your state government. Just do something if you like. But whatever you do, I encourage you to not sit back and take it. Either say no and just walk on or stand up to it. This is going to be a long four years. But hey, at least you have an awesome podcast to listen to. And with that, have a more perfect day.